Marhaba, and welcome to the Matrix Green Pill, where real people connect. Hello, and welcome back to the Matrix Green Pill podcast. My name is Shireen Zemo, and I am so happy to introduce our podcast guest of the week, Leila Azizova. So Leila is the co-founder at Wima Health, W-E-M-A, where she is reshaping obesity management and enabling members to lose weight sustainably. There are so many things that we could say about her expertise, but I think it would be better if we jumped right into the conversation. Leila, welcome and thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Shireen. Thank you for having me. So Leila, let's first start off with the basics. Could you please introduce yourself to our audience and share what brought you to the UAE and how it came to be? I'm Leila. I'm 30 years old and I'm now the co-founder of Wima Health, which is, as you said, a digital health startup with the mission to help people with obesity and help people um, lose weight. Originally, I'm from Azerbaijan. My parents are from there. I never lived there actually, but I grew up in Germany most of my life. And then I went to the UK for university to study business and economics. After university, I decided to become a strategy consultant based out of Germany initially. I did that for a couple of years. And then I had the opportunity with my company, with the strategy consulting firm, to come to Dubai for an assignment. I did that. I took that opportunity. I was around four years ago and uh, came to Dubai. I was leading healthcare projects here in the region, mostly in Abu Dhabi, but also in Saudi Arabia. The plan was for me at some point after a year or maximum two years to go back to Europe, but I actually met my husband, who's from here. We decided to get married and settle here. So, um, I mean, I came to the UAE, I guess, for work, but then I stayed for personal reasons. About a year ago, I actually left my job, the consulting job that I had, and became an entrepreneur with Vima Health. Wow, so you've had quite a journey traveling quite a bit and moving around, so that's super exciting. I guess all of that. And then you also speak so many languages. If I'm not wrong, you speak at least five languages. And I mean, that's amazing. How difficult was it for you to learn so many languages? I can't take too much credit for it because I learned most of the languages I speak at an early age because of the fact that I grew up in Germany, but I'm from Azerbaijan, um, born in Russia. You know, I had that, I guess, multicultural background. And as a result, at a very early age, I was exposed to different languages. And I think when you're young, when you're a child, your brain is kind of like a sponge, right? It just um, just soaks everything in. So it was very easy for me to switch back and forth between different languages. I will say, though, I've been trying, making an effort to learn Arabic and now as an adult, and it's not that easy because obviously Arabic is, is a difficult language, but then I think um, it's just harder, right, to learn at an older age. Something about it, I think our brains are just more cluttered and we maybe have um, shorter attention spans, but it just becomes harder with age. You know, my kids in the future, I would love for them to learn as many languages as possible when they're little. I completely agree with you. Well, at least my mother, she always pushed me into doing as many different activities and things like that while I was young young to kind of develop as much as possible, but also to give me the chance to obviously maybe discover a passion for one or the other. I think it is also depending person to person because I know that I grasp languages a lot better than my younger sister, for example. And um, 
I guess it wasn't really that she could have done anything differently. It's just she's always had struggled with learning languages. That's true. I think you need to have a certain aptitude for it, right? And also just enjoy the sound of different languages and words. And I, for instance, enjoyed reading a lot. And I think reading and different languages also helped me to retain that language. So you're right. I think you need to have a certain aptitude and certain fun in languages. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, I wanted to jump into my next question, which is more career focused. What motivated you to opt for a career within the healthcare space and specifically to doing what you're currently doing? I was always fascinated by healthcare. And I think it is also because of the way I was raised up by my parents. So my dad is a researcher in uh, molecular medicine. He's done a lot of research in neurological conditions, for instance, like Parkinson and Alzheimer's. And he would talk about that a lot at home. And my mom is a scientist as well. And she's teaching biology and chemistry. So they're both very, I think, health-oriented, health-conscious people. And healthcare also has always been a topic in our home. I don't know. I always thought that healthcare is just so, so important, right, in our lives. And I thought also the idea of helping people get better is the idea of being a healer almost. Uh, it was just so fascinating to me to the point where I actually wanted to become a doctor when I was younger. But when it ultimately came to the point where I had to decide what my profession should be, I actually decided not to study medicine because I also saw a lot of things in the healthcare system that I was not very happy with um, around me. You know, a lot of doctors protesting. This is back in 2008 to 2009 in Germany. A lot of doctors being unhappy with the healthcare system, a lot of patients being unhappy. And I just didn't want to really be a part of that. I wanted to study something in business and economics and ultimately work in healthcare. That's kind of exactly how it happened, right? I mean, I became a consultant and in the consulting firm I work with, you have to be a generalist in the beginning. So you have to work across different industries. You know, I did finance and retail and public sector and all of these different industries. But ultimately, I was able to stick to one sector, which I chose to be healthcare. And I just noticed how much joy I was getting out of these projects in healthcare. Because, you know, when you work as a consultant for, let's say, a finance client or retail client, ultimately, the outcome of your work will obviously make your client maybe more efficient or it will make them make more money or sell a product more. But it's not the same, I think, fulfillment, at least for me, that I could get as working for a healthcare client where I know directly or indirectly the effect of my work will be that people will have either access to better healthcare or they will just be treated better or they will have a better experience in their healthcare. So it was very easy for me, I have to say, because I also know obviously a lot of friends and also a lot of mentees of mine, younger mentees who find it hard to choose what is it that they want to specialize in and what do they really like. And for me, it was always clear that it's healthcare. Even though I didn't end up, you know, becoming a doctor, it was just I navigated towards healthcare and I was really happy to ultimately end up in the healthcare sector. For sure. It sounds like this is something you're very passionate about. I mean, apart from just healthcare being the main thing that you're passionate about, you chose 
quite a niche, I would say. I mean, I don't think a lot of people can say that they specialize in specifically like obesity, weight loss. How did you decide to start or co-found your company, Vima Health? And why specifically that niche? That niche was not clear for a very long time because I really worked across everything in healthcare, to be honest. Just to give a few examples, in Abu Dhabi, for instance, I worked a lot on mental health when I first arrived here in the UAE. And the UAE, obviously, or I think a lot of countries in this region, historically have not prioritized mental health a lot. And I did a project on actually expanding the mental health services in the UAE and specifically Abu Dhabi, and that gave me a lot of joy. So I had a lot of exposure to mental health, to primary health care. I worked a lot in female health as well, a lot in on topics around healthcare innovation and digital health. And all of that was always very interesting. When it came to WEMA Health, and obesity, I wanted to build a company that really solves a problem. That was always my aim. I wanted to be part of a company and essentially build a company that solves a big problem. And if we look at the majority of the world, but especially in the Middle East, what is a big problem? Obesity is a huge problem, right? And in fact, obesity leads to a lot of other healthcare problems. So a lot of people with obesity typically have diabetes or other chronic conditions, a lot of uh, heart conditions, for instance, or gastro conditions, or a lot of mental health conditions as well, actually. There's interestingly a very big link between uh, obesity and mental health. A lot of women with obesity have female health issues and conditions. So it's kind of the core, you can say, to a lot of different conditions of people. And that's why it was so fascinating to me to actually address that and build a solution that can help people with obesity, not only, you know, to lose weight and to feel better in their skin, but to actually not have to battle with this whole range of other conditions that they will inevitably have in the future if they stay obese. It's the start of something that leads to something else. And like you said, diabetes and heart conditions and all kinds of things. The other thing that I want to understand a bit better is the term sustainably. So when you say losing weight sustainably, you mean in a way that we can sustain it, not just doing like a program and then all of a sudden you're gaining all that weight back once the program is done. Or am I not quite grasping the idea? No, absolutely. You're right, Shireen. So the biggest problem with obesity and with battling obesity is that most of the time it's not done in a sustainable way. Meaning a person with obesity, which by the way, just for listeners, I mean, obesity for us, it's not only when you feel big and you feel like you have a few kilos too much, but it's actually if you have a BMI of 30 and above. For someone with obesity, if they want to lose weight, there are obviously all of these different options. There's dieting, there is working with a personal trainer, and there are some people that go as far as having uh, surgeries even, right? To bariatric surgeries, for instance, to make their gastrointestinal system smaller and so on. There's all of these different methods. And what happens in most of the cases is that initially, you know, people lose weight and sometimes the weight loss is even quite drastic, right? A lot of kilos. But then over time, they end up gaining the weight back. And in dieting, it's called the yo-yo diet effect, but it's not only in dieting, it's in a lot of the other methods of weight loss that can happen. It, it happens. The weight comes back. 
That is very, very frustrating. I mean, in my research for Rima, I spoke to people with obesity. I spoke to one man in particular who was 180 kilograms, so severely obese. And he, for instance, told me that he had lost 70 kilos at some point in time, right? 70 kilos. I mean, that's such a huge amount. If you just think about it, you can almost not grasp it. Of course, that's a weight of a person. Exactly. A weight of a person. He gained 80 back. So imagine you lose 70 kilos and then you gain 80 back. And it's not unusual, you know, it's typically the rule. People lose weight and then they gain it back. And that is not sustainable. So that's what we mean with the term sustainable. Rima Health is just very important for us that the weight loss is a weight loss for life. And it's not just a weight loss that will make, you know, our members happy for, for three months or six months or a year or even two years, exactly just for a short term. But it's really a lasting change for the rest of their lives and they don't have to battle obesity anymore. So of course, it being a long-term process, how long would you say would it take approximately from your experience to lose the excess weight? For example, the person you've already spoken about, how long realistically sustainably take for him to lose weight from 180 to a healthy weight? Yeah. So the program we have has um, several different components. And maybe I can just talk about that to make it more clear. So we have on the one hand, what we're providing as a clinic is a medical care, right? So we have endocrinologists, doctors on board that help our members to actually understand their full medical history and their health from a holistic perspective. And our members will get medication. So there is anti-obesity medication, which is generally called GLP-1 medication that helps people with obesity in their metabolic reset. What helps, I think, to explain this is to say that a lot of people with obesity actually have a metabolic system that is working against them. And the GLP-1 hormone is a hormone that we naturally have in our intestine that needs to be regulated in order for us to have a proper amount of appetite and satiety. The GLP-1 medication that we prescribe helps with that. So naturally, even if the member in our program does not do anything but only takes the medication, they would lose weight. That is guaranteed. That has been studied many times in clinical trials and also in real life. They would lose the weight. But that is not sustainable, right? Because we want to make sure that the weight loss is for life. So the two other health components are, one is the health coaching. Our members have a personal health coach that they work with on a weekly or if they want even on a daily basis to change their lifestyle. And changing a lifestyle is tough. For people, for adults, right? Changing lifestyles is not easy. So we work step by step to change routines around eating and exercising and sleeping and also our emotional health even because also our emotional health is very much related to how we metabolize. The personal coach is really the companion throughout the weight loss journey and over time helps our member to address the behavior change that's necessary in order to make the weight loss sustainable. And then the third component is our technology. We have an app that is available for every member that helps them to stay on track, communicate with their doctor and coach whenever needed, attend consultations, access information about their weight loss, and so on. So these three components together, the medical care slash medication, the coaching, and the technology, these three things are co-pillars of our program. And together, they make the weight loss sustainable. And a typical weight loss journey should be from 9 to 12 months minimum. That's because after around 
month six, there will be a very, very significant weight loss, especially driven by the medication, right? But it's just important to continue for the behavior change element of it, right? And really focus on how can I make sure that the new habits I've instilled are really sticking, that the new routines are sticking. So that's why we typically advise to be on the program for nine to 12 months. At least a year is essential. And I guess it depends from person to person and how severe it is. Yeah, definitely. It's a super individual journey, right? And I think especially for someone with, let's say, severe obesity, which is the example that I just gave before with the 180 kilos, it will certainly also take longer than that. Or ideally, it should take a bit longer than that to make sure that that person has the full amount of support needed to reach the healthy weight and they don't experience what they experienced before, such as losing 70 kilos and gaining 80 back. We certainly don't want that to happen. The question that comes up to me just out of curiosity, what are some of the things that our bodies have to endure going from such a severe weight? I know it's gradual that you're losing this weight, but surely this has some effect on us regardless of how healthy it is. Yes, absolutely. The body goes through a lot of changes and it's body and mind, I should actually say. And it's important that happens gradually so that there is no shock to the body. I think a lot of diet approaches, especially those really extreme diets of, you know, only juicing or only eating a certain food group that can actually introduce quite a shock to the body. But even with a weight loss such as ours, it is of course an adjustment to the body. It's an adjustment to our organs. It's an adjustment to our hormone system, especially for women. It's an adjustment even probably to our joints and bones and everything. And the more gradual that happens and the more I think supported that transition is through the right medical care, the better. But ultimately, we see that the adjustment, if it is done in the right way, if it is done in a healthy way, without, you know, as I said, restricting the person too much or challenging the person too much and bringing too much strain on the person, then the body adjusts actually quite quickly and the effects are really positive. The mental effects are actually even more interesting, I think. So we launched We My Hope in Denmark this year in March and that was sort of our first market that we launched in and we're now next week launching in the UAE. I'm reading the reviews of our patients in Denmark and also seeing their testimonial videos and so on. And what is really interesting to hear is that there is this, yeah, this emotional and mental change also in patients. So we had one candidate who said, and it really touched me, she said that she used to always walk by, um, like walk past mirrors, and she always felt uncomfortable, right, around mirrors, because she didn't want to see herself. And now she likes to stand and look at herself. Because she actually enjoys that and she doesn't feel like she has to run away from seeing herself in the mirror. Something like that, it's not just aesthetics, it's not just optics. She actually feels comfortable doing something that she felt uncomfortable before. And we also hear reviews of or read reviews of our members feeling more comfortable to play with their kids or they actually feel like they can spend more quality time with their kids, for instance, than before. And all of that is a huge mental change in people who lose this much weight. And it's just amazing to see. Wow. It must be so inspiring for you every day to be working with people that are striving for that change and wanting to make that adjustment in their life because they understand the consequences. And it is really sad, but inspiring at the same time, of course. And I think many of us 
hope to look in the mirror and feel comfortable in our own skin, whatever weight we are in. Not necessarily that some people are in extreme obesity, but nowadays I feel like it's become like a societal form that we all aspire to be. And anything that's not that is seen as less worthy, which is very sad. Yes, absolutely. I agree with you, Shireen. Wow. So there's certainly a lot that needs to go into it. And I'm sure that you've had different experiences with the people that you've had the chance to work with at Lima Health that had certain challenges that they faced when they first joined and started their programs. So what are some of those challenges that people have faced on their journeys that you have helped them through and advice that you've given them? keep them motivated. The thing is that the people who come to our program have gone through many, many different trials of losing weight. So they've gone through diets, they've gone through many other weight loss programs, and they kind of come with the hope that, oh, this is it, but a little bit also with a lot of skepticism. And that is the challenge, right? That there is this skepticism at the beginning of the program, just because of the fact that a lot of them, most of them actually have gone through weight loss approaches before that didn't work for them, or it only worked partially, but then they gained the weight back. So the unsustainable weight loss that we talked about before. The primary challenge is actually to encourage them to just go for it and to just trust that this will work and just go with it, right? Go with the flow, just start have that consultation, start on the medication, have your first coaching session, use the app. And as soon as they start, though, within a couple of weeks, the challenges in all cases actually resolved (laughs) because they like being on the program. So we haven't had uh, patients on the program that have a challenge per se on staying on the program. There is also some time commitment required, right? Because we have these coaching sessions. And of course, they don't have to be as intense and as frequent if, if some patients don't want it. But ideally, they attend them. They don't cancel them last minute, but they are quite disciplined and continuing the dialogue with their coaches. And we are fully flexible as well to obviously not make this a big challenge for our patients. But I guess to some of them, that potentially be a challenge. But we haven't really faced many issues with that, to be honest. It's mostly in the beginning, just trusting that this will work and just going with the flow, just going through the process, trying it out. And as soon as they try out, they actually really enjoy it. And they also see the effects of it quite quickly. And that's a natural motivator, right? When you can see your results and you feel better. That's actually the best motivation. There isn't a lot of external motivation needed at that point. Absolutely. No, I totally agree with you on that. I don't think there's anything that compares to that feeling when you look at yourself and you can see the difference and you can feel the difference when you wake up that you feel just mentally healthier, happier. Your body is aligned with that as well. And I just want to keep going and you want to keep striving to your goal. So I'm sure, as you said, that is always the case with your patients as well. So I want to thank you so much for answering all of our questions that we have for you today. And we've actually come to the segment of our show where I would like to play a quick game with you, which is called Rapid Fire Questions. So it's simple questions and you just have to speak your mind, whatever comes to mind first. Are you ready to play? Yes, I'm ready. Let's go. Okay. Do you prefer tea, coffee, or juices in the morning? Tea. What is your favorite cuisine? Indian. Are you a dog person or a cat person? Dog person. Which subject were you the worst at school? Art. Wow. 
Okay. Well, you were very rapid with that. So that was awesome. Thank you for playing along. So now before we wrap up, I would like to ask you the long anticipated question, which is the green pill moment. So Leila, could you share an inspiring or a life-changing experience that you have gone through, which was your green pill moment? I love that question. I have to be very honest. I had to um, look up, I mean, when this podcast invitation came up, I had to look up what the green pill moment means because I'm not familiar with the matrix, but I just love this concept of the green pill moment. I would say my green pill moment was actually quite recently, about a year ago when I shifted from consulting to becoming an entrepreneur. It was such a life-changing moment for me, I think, because it was very comfortable. I had a very good career in consulting. I had done it for almost eight years. It was a demanding job, of course, but it was also safe because I had just proven myself and risen the career ladder. And I was in this international big firm, which is exactly the opposite to a startup. So it was not easy to make the jump and become an entrepreneur and and a co-founder of a completely new startup and build something from scratch. But ultimately, it is a moment that I think has changed my life for the better. And I have realized that it's something that I'm meant to do. You know, I'm meant to, I think, be in entrepreneurship and build businesses and build teams and so on. I really, really enjoy that. That's my Greenfield moment. It's all uh, turned out for the best because now you went to doing something that you've always had a passion for. You mentioned that you've always been very interested in healthcare and become a doctor. So I guess this was your calling all along. And at the same time, I'm sure that your experience in consulting had its own advantages. And I'm sure it's still beneficial in some way to what you're doing now in your entrepreneurship uh, career. Absolutely. Sometimes it uh, it all makes sense, right? When you look back, like the different steps that you've taken and some of it, even though it didn't seem as intentional back then, it just makes sense uh, later on. Like I always say, one of my favorite quotes is that everything happens for a reason. I know it's super cliche and I don't know what it is, but I just always feel that it's one of those things that I really believe in. No matter what we go through, it's for a higher purpose. And if we don't see it right now, we'll see it when it comes. Just before we say goodbye, would you be able to share some of the social media handles or websites where people could connect with you, where they could check out Lima Health and find out more about your programs? Sure. So you can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. That's the best place to reach me under my name, Leila Zizova. And then you can find Vima Health at joinvima.com as well as on social media, on Instagram, on LinkedIn and on Facebook under Vima Health. Perfect. And we'll add that to the show notes as well so that everyone can easily find the links. So Leila, thank you so much once again for joining me today on our podcast. It was a pleasure to talk to you about your career and your journey and everything that you are doing at Lima Health. I really enjoyed this conversation. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Shireen. It was great talking to you. If you enjoy our conversations, please like and subscribe. See you next Wednesday.